Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silwan. Great to be with you today. In my leadership classes, one of which I just returned from Las Vegas after teaching, I usually begin by discussing what I think is the most important trait of leadership, but in a sense, also life, humility. Now, I make clear I don't mean a personality style. You could have a big, gregarious personality and be very humble. You could be very quiet and unassuming and be the opposite of humble. By humility, I mean the ability to respond to the good and the bad of ourselves and the situations we're in and be honest about it. That's humility. Being able to look in the mirror and be honest about what you see. Putting others first, your teams first, the people you're responsible of first, always before assessing blame to others. Look it in the mirror. Now, in many ways, humility, that same type of humility, being honest about who we are in ourselves is the first step to being a Christian. It's about taking responsibility, knowing what it is you got to be saved from, knowing what's keeping you from being able to follow God. One of my favorite writers, I don't talk about him enough on the Odyssey, maybe I should, a book that a lot of casual C.S. Lewis readers haven't read, God in the dock, this is exactly what he talks about. Now, from God in the dock, here's what he says about that, about needing to be able to look at yourself honestly. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're really going to be a full human being, in my opinion, here's what he says. The greatest barrier I have met is the almost total absence from the minds of my audience of any sense of sin. The early Christian preachers could assume in their hearers whether Jews, mutinies, or pagans, a sense of guilt. Thus, the Christian message was in those days unmistakably by the Evangelium, the good news. It promised healing to those who knew they were sick. We have to convince our hearers of the unwelcome diagnosis before we can expect them to welcome the news of the remedy. Now think about that. There's a lot of truth in that. you got to know you're sick before you can get healed. You you usually don't go to the doctor when you think everything's okay. I think what happens with modern man, you know, people that have never been in church, never heard this kind of message, they know things aren't right. They just don't think the problem is them. (laughs) Think that the problem is other things. You know, I I don't have the life I want. I do the things I do because of others, not uh, it's because of me. Lewis goes on. The ancient man approached God, or even the gods, as the accused person approaches his judge. For the modern man, the roles are quite reversed. He is the judge. God is in the dock. He is quite a kindly judge. If God should have a reasonable defense for being the God who permits war, poverty, and disease, he's ready to listen to it. The trial may even end in God's acquittal, but the important thing is is that man is on the bench and God is in the dock. You know, very few people they don't have a background of anything. Think how many people today are, are raised their whole lives, never been in church, never read the Bible, never heard that message. 
Not only that, live in a culture where we want to blame other people. We want to point the finger. And someone comes to you and says, do you believe? Do you believe in God? What are their first reaction? Well, let me judge God. And then they look at war and poverty and disease, and they go, that's God's fault if there's a God, which is kind of funny because they don't even believe in God. So why would they think it's God's fault? But that's what they want to do. And the last place they want to look is themselves. The last place that they want to look is even themselves. And so as long as the trial is one pointing a finger at God and God is willing to take responsibility for all those bad things, well, then maybe people will put somebody in the dock. But who do we want to put in the dock? You know, in a, in a world where people live looking for excuses for their consequences and their circumstances, you know, the reality of one's condition can be an elusive quarry. You know, with the internet, social media, there is no shortage of people to blame for my condition, my family's condition, my community's condition, you know, whatever you want it to be. And, and what does that play to? The worst part of ourselves plays to our ego. It's the opposite of humility. And there's no end to it. You will never run out of someone to blame. And that doesn't mean there's not people to blame for things. It just means, as I talk about in my leadership classes, the first place you look is yourself. Because when it comes to your day-to-day life, your day-to-day circumstances, why aren't you happier? Why don't you feel closer to God? It's you. It's not somebody else most of the time. And there truly is, though, a tyranny in this idea of blame, of putting God in the dock, of putting others in the dock. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, In God in the Dock, great book, you should read it. It's full of different essays on this topic. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. We've got a lot of those today, don't we? The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, yet at the same time likelier to make a hell of earth. This very kindness stings with intolerable insult. To be cured against one's will and cured of states which we may not yet regard as disease is to be put on a level of those who have not yet reached the age of reason or those who never will to be classed with infants, imbeciles, and domestic animals. So what is the result, according to Lewis, of a society that not only puts God in the dock, but puts everybody else in the dock and says, oh, we got the answer for you. We can help you. Come help me. It's not me. What happens? We become babies. We become animals who need cared for and willingly succumb to tyranny. Now think how long ago that was written. C.S. Lewis died the same day as JFK. He's been gone a long time. He wrote these essays over the 40s, the 50s. There was no COVID. There there was none of the issues that today we're facing. They had their own issues back then. Government in Europe, primarily as a result of the war, was getting bigger and more oppressive, and he was one of the people that didn't like it. But what's the problem when instead of looking in the mirror, putting yourself in the dock, You put others in the dock. You shift blame, and then it's their fault. And then, 
ultimately you want them to do something about it. And when they do, and it's the government, or it's a big organization, and to take care of you means you got to give up some of your own personal responsibility and freedom, you gladly do it like a child or an imbecile or a domestic animal. And it satiates you for a moment because now it's not my fault, it's their fault. And these people over here and these ivory towers are going to take care of me, are going to keep me safe. And then sitting there in your home, in your easy chair, like a child, like an imbecile, like a domestic animal, as Lewis talks about, it becomes even easier to put others in the dock, to judge, to point fingers, to look in every direction other than ourselves, to look in any direction other than ourselves. And then not only are we about as low a state as a person can be, we're definitely looking up at the pagans, <laughs> the people that worshiped idols way back in the day, because at least they had a sense of guilt, a sense of, hey, what am I doing wrong in my life? And it's a barrier. And the only way to face it is to do what C.S. Lewis did, which is to speak truth, to speak truth, to say the types of things people might not want to hear, but deep down in their heart, they know it's true. If your marriage isn't going well, it's probably a big part your fault. You don't got the money you want in the bank, it's probably because of decisions you made. You don't have the life that you want, there's probably a lot of decisions along the way you could have made differently. That's just truth. Everybody takes hits. Everybody stumbles. What decisions do you make when you pick yourself up? Who do you reach out to? Who do you take advice from? Do you get up early and make your bed? Do you get up early and work out, eat right? All three of those really don't take much money, especially in today's world. You could pretty much eat sort of healthy, work out, go out for a walk, and make your bed no matter what your condition. And you do little things like that, start your day that way, boom, you're on the way. And you haven't had to blame anybody. So as we enter this Easter weekend, for all my Protestant and Catholic friends out there, and we think about the sacrifice that Christ made for us, don't be afraid to put yourself in the dock to remind yourself why you need God in Christ and why following God and growing closer to God is a journey of humility a constant getting down in our knees, looking in the mirror and praying that we are honest about ourselves so we can become the people that God would have us become if we follow his spirit and not our own ego. So until next time, my friends, aim high, spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Don't put God in the dock, put yourself in the dock and be honest and then move forward and you will find freedom because then it won't rely on any government or person. It's just you and God. And that's a good place to be. I'm your host, Silouan. Great to be with you. Get outside, have some fun. Peace. You've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. 
Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.